Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us today. You know, the Bible is very clear. In Matthew 24, verse 37 through 40, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. Basically, they were oblivious until the flood came and just swept them all away. And the Bible says, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, to help bring some clarity to this topic and perfectly touch the hearts of Someone somewhere today with the truth of the Bible, our good friend Dr. Richard Rooley is back to discuss this scripture as well as some others about just how close we truly are to what the Bible calls the end time. Praise God. Help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Rooley. Dr. Rooley, it is indeed a blessing to have you come back on the program again today. Hey, thank you, my brother and pastor friend. Uh, uh, wonderful opportunity. I pray that God will bless your ministry and uh, bless us today with his presence and spirit as we reveal things that to me are, I wouldn't trade for all the, the tea oh, in hey, China man. or the yeah. drugs that Pfizer and Pharma have. You bet. You bet. Now, just to cap, recap a little bit from what we discussed last time, can you share with us what you found from Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians 10 verses 1 through 11 as far as the Exodus being an example for us? Good. Uh, basically, uh, Joseph did good stuff and gave him a seven-year warning of uh, seven good years before seven bad, but the Egyptians forgot that, and they uh, enslaved Israel instead of treating them good, and uh, even threw their babies in the river. Uh, but uh, as we consider it today, America is like that. We have enslaved most people in substances like alcohol, tobacco, drugs, and, and medical care is a form of bondage, really. If you have to go back and see your doctor every month or two and get another prescription when you could live well uh, without it, um, it's bondage. And uh, throwing babies in the river, we've thrown 63 million in the trash. We are worse than Egypt, and we profess to be a Christian nation. Right. Uh, so right. bad, bad stuff. And when God executed judgment on Egypt, uh, it was a jubilee event, which later came every 50 years. But my point is, 50 years from Roe v. Wade is this year. We're going to get Praise it, Lord. I Amen. believe. Amen. Amen. I think it's already in the process. But, but <laughs> God also said in Exodus 9, 5, and 6, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be to me a kingdom. And that applies to us today as well, correct? I mean, did, do we keep this covenant? Very good question. And basically, in my opinion, in that 19th chapter, just before he gave the Ten Commandments, uh, God got an ignorant bride. They worshiped a calf 40 days later. And this must not happen to Christ, basically. He's already paid a horrible price for us. And uh, I'm seeing, I believe, in the wedding parables, a provision for how 
that got he gets an intelligent bride, not an ignorant bride. Okay, Amen. and uh, it's partly related to the first wedding parable of uh, Matthew twenty-two. The king sends his uh, servants in verse three to bid people to a wedding feast. Well, the feast, uh, the wedding parables all have Passover imagery, and the feast at that time is called the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread. Well, that doesn't sound like a wedding feast, and no wonder the people scorn or ridicule it, and they reject the messengers because they want something more than crackers. You know, they they, they want <laughs> steak and 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 shake and and whatever you know, yeah. cake. But my my point is that that um, really it, we have to think spiritually, and uh, the fact is that and Christ said this in Matthew sixteen verse twelve that the Pharisees have leavened the bread. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning their doctrines, what they teach. Well, no better today, the preachers have leavened the bread. They have uh, oh, said, yeah. you don't need this or that or the other. Uh, just yep. Jesus is going to save you, you know, just and come back next week and give another good offering. You know, they, they don't want right. to offend anybody. They just give smooth sermons. Yep. Well, yep. I'm seeing that we need to do a little chewing. You know, you, wedding cake, you can almost swallow without chewing. But this, this is unleavened stuff, okay, that That's I'm right. going to be sharing That's today. Right. And so people are going to have to chew that mentally a little bit, I think. But yeah. that's uh, I'm seeing when, when Israel left Egypt, it also goes back to then. They, it says specifically they ate unleavened bread for seven days. Yeah. Well, seven days are the same length as the wedding feast. When yeah. Laban told Jacob, fulfill Leah's week, he was referring to her wedding for a week, okay? And union with Christ by covenant in marriage is the same idea as communion with unleavened bread Amen. in the sense if it's biblical you know in Amen. other words uh, unleavened bread from the bible is good scripture supporting what you're talking about we want to base our lives on that we want to nourish our spiritual body by that communion and it's the same idea if we make a covenant like god made a covenant with abraham and so on that it was it was for his seed, his his and Paul says, if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. So yeah. the covenant he made with Abraham is for us. We'll Amen. talk about that later. But the idea is we need to make a covenant to be his kingdom. That's how it would happen at Sinai. It's not about a quick snatch to heaven. It's uh, an opportunity for us, but it's not God gonna speak to us from Sinai, okay? Not gonna happen. When God took Israel out of Egypt, they went to Sinai. But when they're ready to go into the promised land, uh, it didn't. the waters didn't part automatically for them. They had to right. walk into the river and believe faith. They were more mm -hmm. mature then. Yeah. Uh, they, they have Amen. learned to trust God, mm -hmm. and they, uh, they, they believed those waters would part, and they did. Yeah. And I believe Christ is looking for a group of people like us who believe it's going to happen, who are going to proclaim it, live for it, let others know about it, and when it happens, I believe uh, we can, as part of the my understanding in the wedding parable, he's going to give us power for three and a half years, even like Moses. Mm -hmm. Moses turned water to blood. And in Revelation 11, verses 3 to 6, God's going to give his two witnesses, Old and New Testament, power to shut the heavens and turn water to blood. Amen. Well. You know, Moses turned water to blood, Elijah shut the heavens. We can have that kind of power, I think, yeah. you know. Amen. And Amen. so uh, I'm looking forward to doing the best I know. Uh, if it doesn't turn out that way, I'm sure God has something else also for us. Uh, you know, he doesn't oh, turn yeah. us down. But if we, if we do the best we can, uh, we're blessed.
Amen. Anyway, you know, and and Revelation six, we were talking about that. Revelation six, we read where Jesus restores God's name in the first seal. When did we lose God's name? Good point. Good point. <clears throat> well, first of all, let me back up and say that uh, the devil hated God and wanted to get rid of him, but couldn't get rid of God. But he did his best on the name. Okay, name is who you are, and. Uh, Identity theft today is nothing new. It happened with God. Solomon, wisest king of Israel, dedicated his temple to God's name. In uh, I think it's First Kings, verse eighth chapter, uh, he wanted uh, uh, he he said that all people of the earth might know thy name. It was dedicated for that intent. Well, today almost nobody knows the name, and when I explain who, who, what it is, I, I think you'll agree with me. But uh, basically, name is character, and um, uh, I I might as well go ahead and explain what I believe God's name is. Um, You know, I I grew up, first of all, believing that the Lord's name is God and the God's name is the Lord. You know, I I didn't know that there was a name. But if you Google tetragrammaton, tetra means four, and grammaton is the four letters of God's name that were removed by translators. And I would not want to be a translator on the day of judgment because I think they did a bad thing. Christ said not one jot or tittle in English, but in yeah. Hebrew, it's one yod. Yod is the first letter of God's name. They removed not only the first letter, they removed all four letters of his name and supplanted mm. it, replaced it with Lord in all capital letters. Wherever you see God, Lord or, or God in all capital letters, it's a signal God's name was taken out of the scripture. Mm. Bad idea, you know. Mm. Well, I thought it was translated as Jehovah when you see well, the Lord. Well, that was it, 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 uh, commonly <laughs> the King James has Jehovah in various places. Different translations have different names. Um, the the um, and I would just say that uh, there's no J in Hebrew, no right, J in right, Greek. Right. So it's why Yah, is Jehovah right. a name? Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's changed, and uh, a lot of Jews today believe it's Yahweh. Uh, or Yahweh, uh, based on the the letters. Uh, They look represented as Mm Y-H-W-H. But um, Josephus, who was a contemporary of the apostles, and he was at Jerusalem in 70 AD, when Jerusalem was destroyed and they bring the furniture out from the temple, and it it included the golden crown of the high priest, in which was engraven the sacred name, and this is a quote from Josephus, it consists of four vowels. Vowels. Okay. Wow. That's not okay. Yahweh. Okay. Right. Uh, and the point is that uh, it's it's a different name. You you would not want God to have a name like Tom, Dick, or Harry. It's right. got to be different, you know. Yeah. And vowels are the music or melody of a word. And there's no obstruction to a vowel. When you hear a beautiful song, you're hearing the vowel, okay? Right. Uh, right. The A or the E or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And my point is that God's character, like his name, has no obstruction. If we only had consonants, b, the, m, k, l, whatever it is, we would be very limited. You know, yeah. we'd have a hard time understanding each other, and very few words. You wouldn't. You'd be limited in the words you could make. You know. Right. Right. So uh, basically, uh, God lends us His name so we can even communicate. If you get that one, you'll appreciate God that He gave us yeah, His amen. name so we could talk. You know. Okay. So how is it pronounced? Okay. In my opinion, uh, and I and by the way, you can you if you go to Amazon, 
and you were to um, select books and type in I-A-U-A, -A, those, uh, those are the letters of God's name, I believe, internationally, it would be Ia Ua. Now mm. that's wild, but think of the word hallelujah, U-E-A, are the vowels. And the Hallel is, an, is, is a word that means praise. Internationally, that's, that word hallelujah in almost every language means praise God. Right. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that is the authentic stuff, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not trying to be popular, you know. Mm -hmm. In fact, when, in one of the Psalms, David says it's a terrible name. <laughs> 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 but, but I think it's, it's because the demons are filled with terror, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That? Amen. Because I think it represents the members of the godhood. They're the initials mm. there. They all stand behind it. And the, the devil has to, to run from that. And that's why he tried to get rid of it. So it's I-A-U-A -A is what you're saying. I believe in English it is. Amen. It's really yod hey wah hey. okay? okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. those have that sound, I believe, anciently. And uh, I Amen. now what I'm telling you is not just Josephus, a textbook of, of uh, classical Hebrew published in Oxford University in 1959, uh, in the early part of it, um, it, it says that anciently, Though, uh, it was felt that the four vowels, uh, the, the, the vowels, Yoth, He, and Wa, there are three of them, but one of them is repeated in God's name, um, need to be represented uh, by letters, not just vowel points. You know, today they have vowel points in the language, and they, they add, like, if it's YHWH, they, they, they think, oh, that's Yahweh. Well, uh, it could be ye woo or something like that. Mm -hmm. How do you know? Yeah. You know, right, right. But my my point is that that uh, um, I think it's it's beautiful because of of what it represents. And uh, vowels are 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 well. I've, I've explained it basically. That's that's the way it yeah. is. Amen. Oh, Amen. I also forgot that there, there's a book. When I was researching some of this, I ran across a book of words by a uh, Lawrence Kushner, a, a, a rabbi, and it's, it's Jewish words, but Hashem means the name, and he explains in, in that short chapter, Hashem, that uh, it is not Yahweh or Yahweh, but they're all vowels. That's what he said. He didn't say what they were, but I'm giving you what I understand them to be. And by the way, if you went to, I, I started to say, if you went to Amazon, at books, selected books, and typed in I-A-U-A, you would see the book that I was I was giving a um, a meeting somewhere and explaining this, and a guy gets up the, from the control booth, and comes forward to the front and hands me this book, <laughs> supporting <laughs> supporting what I what I was already Amen. teaching. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. God yeah. works in mysterious ways. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now in marriage. The bride takes the name of the husband. Well, at, at least that's how it's supposed to work. I can't yes. speak for this yes. day and time. But isn't marriage based on the covenant? I mean, I know when I do a wedding ceremony, in some cases, we do the communion uh, in the weddings as part of the wedding ceremony. But Interesting. Isn't marriage based on the covenant? Yes, should be. Yeah, I, I believe so, basically. And um, going... Uh, uh, I believe that I'm seeing seven topics, not just God's name, but uh, seven seals. Uh, the, the, the name is linked to the first seal. When John heard thunder in Revelation 6, uh, verse 1, 
um, thunder is linked to the name in John 12, verse 28, 29. Father, glorify your name. And -hmm. the people standing around thought it thundered. And in Revelation 14, 1, the 144,000 have the Father's name in their forehead, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's literally there or if that's just where he, they're thinking thinking about it, okay? Because in Malachi 3 or 4, he says he wrote a book of remembrance for those who thought often on his name. Amen. But um, Amen. Uh, if you don't know it, how can you do that, you know? Yeah, amen. So amen. anyway, well, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I was going to say, we talked about the first seal, but let's talk about the second seal. Because okay. this brings worldwide war to the entire planet, right? Yes, yes. When God has a sealed group that make a covenant with him, I believe it's the covenant, because in uh, this in Exodus 34, verse 10 and 11, God speaking said, Behold, I make a covenant with you, and it's a terrible thing I'm going to do with you. I'm going to drive out the Canaanite. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that meant war, okay? But he was with them in it so that it wasn't, uh, you know, and we need God's covenant for end times, if anything, because it's going to oh, be dangerous. Amen. Lots of people are going to die. But if we've covenanted with him and we're faithful to the covenant, um, you know, anciently, when God made a covenant with Abraham, it was a practice to make a sacrifice, pull it apart and walk between it and say, in effect, may I be torn apart if I don't keep my part of the yeah. bargain? Yep. So in making a covenant, we want to live for the topics that will restore all things from God's perspective and name yeah. is number one, basically, Amen. but covenant is number two in that, mm-hmm. in the seven seals. And Amen. so we want to, the covenant is what makes us his kingdom. It's like the, the marriage. You're not married if you don't make a covenant. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So Amen. Basically, I'm Even saying if it's nothing more than going down to the courthouse and signing a paper. Once you sign a paper, that's a covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm seeing the covenant is linked to sevens, though. Uh, when God made a covenant with Abraham, seven times he said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land. When God made the covenant with Israel, he gave him seven annual holy convocations. Mm-hmm. When Abraham made a covenant with Abimelech about some well or water, he gave him seven ewe lambs. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so Amen. seven is linked. What do we give the seven? If, we, if God, and oh, by the way, when I, I said that God got an ignorant bride at Sinai, because partly Israel was passive. They said, whatever God says we will do, you know, yeah, as yeah, if, well, yeah. just lay it on us, God. But really, they forgot about it. And they were, uh, I'm thinking this time, just like Israel was pa- active when they went into the water for the Jordan River, we've got to be active in making the covenant. We have to Amen. say, this is something I want, and I'm going to give you seven of something. The, the active party gave seven of something, whether it was you lambs or uh, et cetera, you see. Right, uh, right. And so the sevens are seven topics that have a sevenfold emphasis for, uh, in Scripture, just mm-hmm. like God's name, by the way, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you go to Exodus 20, between verse 3 and the end of the commandments, uh, actually, they're all on the first five. Uh, you have Lord or God in all capital letters seven yeah. times. Amen. And so uh, that's a, a mark of end time truth, I think, like Revelation is a book of sevens. It's for end yeah. times, and it's a book of sevens. And Amen. so other topics that have a sevenfold link, I think, are also important. And I did say that the covenant uh, is uh, linked to sevens because of seven gifts, but also uh, the very first chapter where you find uh, a covenant being made with Noah in, in Genesis 9, you find the word for covenant seven times. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. But doesn't Jesus tell us that first Elijah must come to restore all things? I mean, when does that happen? Okay. I believe uh, that if we make a covenant with God on these seven topics, we can be the spiritual bride and we can be the Elijah that restores all things. We're making a covenant to the effect that we're going to live for these things. He's going to use us. If he doesn't get anybody else, he'll have 144,000 spiritual bride people who are his and his kingdom. But I believe he's going to use us to get others as well. And Amen. so that's that's how I'm uh, wanting to believe it and see it uh, based on clues from Scripture. Amen. Amen. So what's revealed in the third seal uh, in Revelation okay. 6? The third seal is the black horse. The, the, the second one was red horse, takes peace from the earth. It symbolizes bloodshed. Black horse. Uh, it says a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. This is about famine, and famine is coming. And uh, if you were to look at Isaiah 40, verse uh, 4 and 5, it says uh, uh, that, hold on, I can read it to you. It's easier to do that, I think, almost. <laughs> I hope I can find it here quick. Um, let's see. Yeah, I did it. It's, it, it's at the end of the book, just in case you didn't know. okay the uh now this is isaiah 24 uh uh, 24 verse 5 the earth also is defiled among the inhabitants thereof because they've transgressed the laws changed the ordinance broken the everlasting covenant Mm. okay the the laws are statutes and judgments and Mm -hmm. so i take that as uh, as a focus on the third the third thing in Mm. in israel's day it says the land has been defiled um, for one thing, they, they didn't rest the land. Uh, they were supposed to rest it every seventh year, just like right. we're supposed to rest every seventh day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for our benefit and restoration. If you're always focused on money and greed and all this and every day trying to get more and more, you burn out yeah. at, at some point. Yeah. So uh, I'm saying that resting the land is important. I was talking with a, a teacher of agriculture who said that um, after about uh, seven years, if the land isn't rested, it just uh, the the all the chemicals and and Nutrients ammonia and that they yeah. pump into the soil. It's like gumbo. It's nothing yeah. good but for condominiums. They have to sell it. It can no longer produce crops. Yeah. Well, we're, we're getting to a point where crops are going to be important. I think, and uh, California might not be there to provide it for us the way things are going for them. You know. Yeah. So Amen. I would uh, just there's say, a there's a huge farm, uh, you know, commercial farm not too far from where I live. And this past summer, there's a good section of it right by the road that you drive by that they didn't plant. You know, they're just letting the weeds grow and, and all that good stuff. My wife asked me, why, why are they? I said, because they're rotating the crops. Every year, they're leaving a section of land all by itself, you know, and just let the weeds grow and the nutrients come back in. And, and next summer, they'll till it up and let it rot. And, and that'll be the, the nutrients for the following year. Very good. Good for you. So that's that's I mean that's in practice for some people smart farmers. (laughs) (laughs) That care about their land. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Dr. Richard Ruling. You know, every time Dr. Ruling comes on, he brings more and more clarity to the fact that the days and time we are living in right now today is the end times. I mean there, no logical, reasoning Christian can doubt that this is the day and time talked about in the Bible. 
And if you are, you're, you say, well, no, that's all hogwash. Well, you're deceived, and the devil is succeeding in keeping you deceived. The thing is, we're not doing this to try and scare people. We're doing this to try and inform people that the Word of God is accurate, the Word of God is true, the Word of God is righteous, and what the Bible says is going to happen is going to happen despite man's best efforts or the devil's best efforts to use men to stop it from happening. Now, you can either be on the winning side or the losing side. The decision's up to you. All we're doing is providing the information used to try and open someone's eyes, and it could be you. The day and time we are living in is getting ready to abruptly come to an end. Amen? Now, this has just been part one of this interview with Dr. Ruling today as we're talking about is God about to seal this deal. Uh, You need to come back for part two in the very next episode because we're going to go even deeper on this subject. Amen? Till then, this Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.